0: Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to uh, begin to look at one of the great scenes of the Bible uh, when it comes to interaction with Jesus and uh, one of the things that we base our faith on. Uh, I, I know that <clears throat> for some, you you find yourself to be very analytical, uh, you like to study, you like to read, and you like to figure things out. Uh, You may even uh, be good at math and be able to understand very intricate uh, details and how things come together and what is the right answer. And this morning, I want to encourage you that Peter's going to come up with the right answer this morning. And uh, it, it will be not illogical, but it will not be simply logical. It won't be just him thinking hard. Um, Most of the time we come to problems in life and we say to ourselves, if I just think harder on it, if I just work uh, to understand it, uh, I will be able to understand all these things. And this morning we're going to look at a passage um, where Jesus interacts with his disciples and uh, it couldn't be more important for us here this morning as we consider who Jesus is. <clears throat> if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting in chapter, six, in chapter 16, starting at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell, you, uh, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. God, I ask your blessing on our time this morning before your word. I ask that you would uh, do the work of opening hearts this morning. And I pray that we would understand who Jesus is and was. And may that not just be for an intellectual reason, or as trivia, but that it would be the message that transforms us, that changes our life, that sets uh, the course of every other area in our lives. But thank you for this morning. We ask that you would do your work among us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. we have seen in the book of Matthew that Jesus has been moving uh, to different uh, areas, doing miracles, uh, changing lives, teaching. And he's been going about from city to city. And we get one of these markers once again in verse 13 that Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi. Now, this was a a more Greek area uh, than he had been in before. In fact, uh, it's interesting. the The name Caesarea Philippi was not was a fairly new name at this time, and it this is just a little bit of trivia. But uh, Philip, uh, who was a tetrarch, he was the governor of that area. He renamed it uh, his own name, his own name, and Caesar, which is a good idea. If there's you have a boss, and everyone acknowledges him, let's let's name it after you and me, and it'll be a really great place. This is the area that Jesus went to, and he was with his disciples. And, and once again, as they go into a new region, uh, both uh, they are seeking uh, to, Jesus is proclaiming himself. He is going about showing the disciples who he is. And, and the idea that people have heard of Jesus already, that, that's following them. And Jesus begins a discussion with his disciples about who he is and and you can imagine that there 's just a flood of information that they already have they, The disciples had already seen him do these miracles. they had walked and talked with him it wasn 't just the things that we see in the scripture that that he had uh, that, that they had seen, but also they had had personal conversations along the road in the boat. Uh, they had seen Jesus at, at all times of day, uh, and, and they are now being asked a question. Jesus has a question, and we see it in the middle of verse 13. He says, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He uses this term, Son of Man, to refer to himself. He's saying, who do you think that I am? Who, who is it that, that, what's the word out on the street And as he instructed his disciples, we don't know exactly who was the spokesman. But it sounds like there was this kind of this conversation. Well, some say this and some say this and some say this. And and they list off a few people that Jesus has been referred to. And they were wondering uh, if this is who he was. The first one being John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Uh. It's interesting that all the people that are referred to here were dead or dead. And so there's a sense in which either either it's either one of two things that they believe that the person really didn't die and they were some kind of spiritual being that they were there for a long time or they had come resurrected in some way, a visitation from God. And these were this is the list that they came up with. First, John the Baptist. Uh, You can look back a few chapters and see that at the death of John the Baptist, there was a fear, there was a fear uh, that somehow that John the Baptist, because of his powerful teaching, because of the crowds that were drawn to him, that he would somehow come back and that was part of even his uh, beheading uh, was to make sure that everyone knew that he was dead. And yet, people were wondering, Jesus is kind of a powerful teacher. He he seems to draw the crowds. Maybe he's John the Baptist reincarnated, resurrected. And so some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, which in a lot of ways is connected with John the Baptist of the Old Testament. He was kind of a, a forerunner, a, a sh- Showing the way of the Messiah. Some others had said Jeremiah. They said that makes sense because he was a preacher of judgment. And Jesus did not come. He did not come saying, hey, I want to, you know, let's just all do a group hug here. You're all doing a great job. Just carry on the way you're doing and the way you're living. It's all fine. No, Jesus came calling people out of. The life that they were living, calling people out of the religious system that they were living, calling them out of their sins that they were committing. Maybe it was Jeremiah, or maybe it was one of the other prophets. You know, the prophets, they they had a message from God. And it seems as if Jesus has some kind of message from God that he's something special. So their conclusion, if you would have pulled it all together, that he was some kind of resurrected spokesman for God. That's what people were saying. That was the word on the street. And yet all these ones that were mentioned were seriously lacking in their ID. It wasn't something that was exactly the same. It was, it was kind of, but those were just men and they had failings but Jesus is something different, something special. And though some had suggested some things in their hearts, they knew that he was something different, something special. So the question was, who do people say that I am? And then he turns to them. In verse 15, he said, "It says he said to them, But who do you say that I am? It gets more personal. And I know that uh, you've had these conversations, maybe at your home, maybe with your, your father. And, And he asks you a question and you vaguely respond. This is what culture believes. This is what things happen as things go on. This is what science says. This is what they're talking about on the news. These are the answers that you're going to get. But. If your father would turn to you and say, but what about you? What about you? What do you believe? And Jesus Ask them the general question. They're free to talk. But now his eyes look to them and he says, but who do you say that I am? What's your conclusion? You, you've walked with me. You've seen what I've done. What, what is it that you see in me? How would you describe me? What is my identification to you? As we look at this passage, we can see that this is an extremely important one for us individually, right? You know, it wasn't just a group project that the disciples were on with a group answer. It was something that they all had to answer for themselves. He asked this weighty question. He directs the question to the team, but also to the individual's. He puts the spotlight on them. He, the eyes of Jesus are, are looking towards them. And then we come to the answer. I would even say the right answer, but not just the right answer, but Peter's right answer. Peter, I, I assume, is speaking for the group, but he's also speaking personally. He's saying, this is my answer. This is what I believe to be True. And it says in verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter says, I, I have the answer. I have the answer. I've, I've walked with you. I've talked with you. I've seen what you've done. And this is my conclusion. As I've seen all this and and spoke with you, you are the Christ as As we think about that, and we we see this very strong statement that he is not saying uh, yeah I, I i think I think you 're the christ you know uh, though i 'm pretty sure I, but it 's a simple proclamation a confession. this is uh my conclusion here it is: you are the Christ, as we consider his uh His title, the Christ, he is saying that there is no other. There is no other. That you are the Christ. It's not one of the Christs. It's not one of the ideas. He says, Christ and you're the one. And you're the one. So there's this singular identification. There's you are alone being the one who is the Christ. This identification Christ uh, really with the article um, refers to the promise of the Old Testament. The promise. You look throughout the Old Testament and really you look throughout the Old Testament. They are looking and waiting and wanting the anointed one to come they they were searching and hoping in the anointed one the one that was going to be the messiah the special one the one that was going to save them from the ills of this world and and they were looked forward to it they hoped in it they it wasn't something that they they applied it to each day, saying, Today is wrong, but the anointed one will come. Uh, the things in my life are a mess, but I, I need someone to come. The Messiah. We hope in the Messiah. And Peter connects the dots here as Jesus asks him, Who do you say that I am? And he says, You are the Christ. As we consider this this morning, We see that Christ is the anointed one, the coming king, the fulfillment of all that they were looking for. As we consider this this morning, I can picture myself sitting among the disciples, not because I'm great, but I I can imagine what they would have felt like. I can consider that, you know, they were walking and learning and trying to figure things out and coming to conclusions. And Jesus talks. to. But then he looks to the disciples and and say, well, well, what's the answer? What's the answer? And Peter um, really being uh, the bold Peter gets a bad rap. I don't know if you've heard this before. You talk about Peter and him being the one with all the dumb answers and the loud mouth this day he got it right you are the Christ he says you are the Christ the son of the living God as he connects the Christ with son of the living God he he sees this connection not with man not with man that Jesus is not like man in a sense of Uh, all that he is, but he is the son like the one, like the one from heaven that is God. The same as it's the beginning. You can see this idea of the Trinity coming out as they learned about it, as they went, but they saw him as the son of the living God. And even as they went to Caesarea, Caesarea, I can't even say it, the place that they were going, uh, there was it was a, a a city that was marked by a particular Greek god, and as they went about uh, Jesus walking, there were always other gods, always other idols in the midst. And as Peter confesses this, as Peter gives the answer, he says, "You are the son of the living God. You are not dead. You are not over with." These idols that I see around me, these things that won't work, these cities upon cities that have their own gods, their own ways of doing things. He says, as we even go into that, this new place, guess what? You're the Christ, the anointed king. You are the Messiah, son of the living God that you could continue on. You are not dead. Dead. As the son as the father is, so is the son, living God Simon Peter gave the right answer, it was succinct, it was powerful it was uh, an answer that a conclusion that he had come to in verse seventeen. you see jesus' approval of peter 's answer. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been put on the spot. Maybe in class, you've been called on to give an answer. And you give your answer, and you're you're confident in it. But then there's that moment, right, where you finish your answer, and it's silent. And you're going, I hope they liked my answer. G- Jesus liked... Peter's answer. He approved of Peter's answer. It says in verse 17, And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Jesus uh, identifies Peter as Simon bar It's the idea of Simon, son of Jonah. It connects him with his earthly father. And it's as if he's saying, Simon, just a man. Just a man. Because you're connected. You have a father and everyone has a father. It's no big deal. And you're no big deal. But Simon Barjona, you uh, are blessed or happy or in the right place. You you are the one that is right uh, in what you have said, he said, "For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood. This was a Jewish way of saying uh, that which a man was, all the entirety of what what you are, all your thoughts, all your education, all your experience, all your training, all the culture that you have." All that you are. Flesh and blood had this idea that all the best that man could do, but also lacking. Also coming up short. This is what man is. Um, Hate to break it to you on a Sunday morning so beautiful like this. But we, at the best that we are, are lacking. We come up short all the time. Um, anyone want to stand up and tell us how you came up short this week? Yeah. Uh, we could we could service is short service. We can't spend all the time and talking about all the ways we've come up short. In all our excellence, and all our ways of uh, us doing our best, I'm going to do my best. Unfortunately, your best doesn't cut it more than we'd like to uh, talk about. And so as Jesus is approving of Peter's confession, he says, Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, you're just like a man. You have a dad and we know his name and that's who you are. But you're blessed. You're right. You're happy. You're in the right spot. Why? Because flesh and blood was not how you came to this conclusion. I started off our service this morning talking about how we deal with problems. Most of us are pretty smart here. Uh, We've been educated. We come from smart families and we have ingenious ways of doing things. And so you say, well, I got out the calculator and I did the math and I came up with the right answer. And that's why it's the right answer. That's not what Jesus was saying. He was saying, your calculator didn't work on this one. So of I mean, you say, well, I'm not much of a calculator guy. I'm more of a philosophy guy. I'm a deep thinker. Uh, Peter wasn't necessarily known of being a deep thinker, by the way. But if he had been known, I, I want you to get this this morning, that his great mind for philosophy did not come up with this right answer. Jesus was pointing to the fact that his all that he had, all that he could muster up, all his experience and education and background and mind, all that he could do did not reveal this answer to him. It wasn't from Peter that he received this conclusion. But it was a gift of God. It was the work of the Father. It was heaven speaking to the heart of Peter that God came down and changed Peter. Changed him away from the thoughts that he had before to now confess that Jesus is the one Christ, the one King, the one anointed one, the Messiah, the Savior, the Savior. We see that... uh, Jesus says it wasn't by your own doing, but it was the work of my father. He gave you a holy education that you could not have gotten anyplace else. It was a message from heaven. So we see this and we're kind of going to stop here this morning and I have three landing points for you, but... This will have implications. This will have implications both for Peter and the other disciples, but also for us here this morning. But this is where we start. Three landing points for you this morning, a place for us to think through as we consider this passage. The first thing I want to share with you is there is only one sufficient answer there's only one sufficient answer. I know that sometimes uh, you have those aggravating teachers that want to push you really hard, and they, they give you multiple guess, but they give you like three answers that could be right. And for those of us who guess on tests, it's just aggravating. You're sitting there and you're going, that one's kind of right, but this one's also kind of right, and then this. But what's he get? like? How do I figure this out? And then we are, are building up in our mind how we 're going to argue our point, and we 're going to say, "Well, I, I thought this was right because of this, and you have to give me these points because I have a uh, a right answer that's a different answer than you have and I just want to tell you this this morning: Jesus is the only right answer he 's the only sufficient answer G- jesus when, when he asked uh, his disciples he wasn't saying, Give me something close." Give me your own thoughts. Make your own path, he says. He's looking for something specific. And and Peter gave it in that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah, the anointed king, the savior. This is who Jesus is and was. There's only one sufficient answer. Second landing point for you this morning I just want us to consider is that all that we have, all, all that we have falls short. All, all that we have falls short. If if we're depending upon all that we have, we will fall short. We will not come up with the right answer. We're not smart enough. We don't have enough resources. We, we're not educated enough. We don't have enough culture. Why? Because flesh and blood does not come up with these types of answers. It is not from us. And the third and last point for landing point for us this morning. It is a work of God that you would confess Jesus as your Savior. It's a work of God. And I want to tell you this, that was true. True. That was true in the time of Christ, and it's also true here this morning. That I don't doubt that uh, there are unbelievers here this morning, and I don't doubt that even that God is working on you here this morning. That you would come up with a rock solid faith that's found on Jesus Christ. That you would not be ones who are pushing aside and coming up with your own answers anymore. But that you would confess that Jesus, the one of the Bible, is your Savior because of the work and the person that he is. The work that he has done on the cross, the resurrection that he conquered, sin and death. That this is your confession. And I want to tell you, that's the work of God in you. It's not you just going, well, I did the math and it seems like there no It is logical. It is logical. But for you to accept it, for you to embrace this as your answer, the work of God. God's working in your life this morning to bring you to the place where you would be His, that He would be your King. Please come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to share with you more. I'd love to encourage you and pray with you. Please join with me in prayer now. Father God, thank you for the gift of your word, that you allow us to get a picture of your son Jesus as he walked the face of this earth. And God, I I thank you for recording for us Peter's confession, his uh, conclusion, and that you, as you worked in him, in that same way you can work in us now to bring us to the same conclusion to the same place where we have Jesus as our King, our Messiah. God, thank you for your patience with us this morning. Um, thank you for your work that you do in our midst. Ask that you would draw people to yourself. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. You are dismissed.